Welcome to the People Analytics and Future Work Podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. And I'm here today with the CEO of Syndio, Ryan Hammond. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. <laughs> Ryan and I are here in Santa Cruz, California. We both live in the area and we're here to talk about Syndio and it's all for people analytics. So if you would, Ryan, can you introduce yourself and give a little bit of background on Syndio? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm Ryan Hammond. Uh, just brief background on me. I've been doing people analytics since I graduated from Cornell in about 2000, 2001. So this is uh, this is my space. Uh, uh, done everything from being a professor. Uh, most recently, I was at HiQ Labs, another one of the bright lights in the people analytics uh, space. And now um, had the opportunity to come and uh, take over Syndio, uh, and we're going to be bringing relationship analytics to all of you fine people out there. Yeah, all right, fantastic. So, tell us about relationship analytics. Uh, it has emerged over the last several years, and it's something that uh, a lot of people are just learning about right now. So, do, how do you define relationship analytics, and how does it deliver unique value? Yeah. So. One of the stories that we're seeing emerge right now in the people analytics space uh, is this idea that we have spent a lot of time looking at the individual level, right? Whether you start with, you know, very individual level surveys or, you know, personality, uh, whether you're talking about HRIS and, and those types of data attributes, but there's an increasing interest in taking our field of people analytics and, and moving it kind of up the chain, right? And going from people to teams. That's been a big conversation. Sure. Um, and also, you can think about teams of teams. And you, of course, you can think about organizations. Um, interestingly enough, if you think about what the really next basic unit is, it's not just a person to a team. It's actually a person to another person. It's a relationship. Sure. Um, and as we know, in today's work world, um, for many of us, the way work gets done is in relationship and collaboration with others. So for me, relationship analytics is really that next foundational step that says, yes, we know a lot about you as a person, but wow, what we really want to understand is the relationship between people, um, especially as it, as it relates to work. So with that insight, what are some actions a leader or manager might take? Yeah, uh, you know, I think that the wonderful thing about it is it's so amazingly flexible. So in some sense, you know, I will often tell people, uh, you know, when they ask, what is it that relationship an analytics can do? What is it that like something like a Cindio platform can do for you? You know, I'm pretty confident in saying, look, if you take me into any executive and ask, and I ask them, tell me what the three biggest problems you are, the four, you know, the four biggest priorities for you this year, Understanding the relationships by which work gets done intimately connects to almost all of them. Yeah. And, you know, just to give some really good example, anything around organizational design and transformation, change management, right? We can think of an organization as a hierarchy, who reports to who, but we all know that that is barely scratching the surface of what's really going on in organizations and understanding who's communicating with who, who's collaborating with who, who trusts who, uh, who do people go to for information, 
so much of the work that we get done happens through these informal networks inside of the organization. And the organizational hierarchy simply doesn't map that. It maps a very, very few of them. Uh, So the question is, how does a leader, business leader, CEO, CHRO, understand how does that network look? How is it acting? Who's connected that you want to be connected? Who's not? One of the best ways to do it is through some version of of relationship analytics. And we see a lot of people using it exactly for this. I want to see that the transformation I'm making is making a difference in how work gets done um, at the the most foundational level. Got it. So if I understand correctly, you can get a visual of how people are interacting or not interacting and then have either coaching conversations on a micro level, whether it be – individual to individual or team level, or maybe in a broader level, how my organization can be consciously created to be more efficient or effective or whatever the desired outcome is. Is that a fair summary? That is a fair summary. And, you know, if I was going to break it down into the components parts, um, and you would think about a a platform, something like what Cindio delivers, we really think about it in three major buckets. One is the data that's being collected, right? Where is it coming from? What does it represent? Um, and in relationship analytics, you know, that is a really interesting question, right? We could collect data about who emails who, right? So basic communication data. You can collect it from calendar data, something like who's meeting with who. Um, that's all data that you could bring in. But you can also do things like ask people, uh, you know, in a survey, Who is it that you rely on at work across a number of dimensions? Who introduces you to people? Who gives you information? Um, Who supports change um, in your role and job? Uh, Who inspires you? And really the heart of the Cindio platform right now is that more qualitative, deep understanding of how people make sense of their own relationships, what's salient to them. So that's kind of like the data collection part. And we're working to expand the different number and types of data that you can bring in to understand those relationships in a multidimensional way. Then the next piece is, uh, you know, the analytics layer. Mm -hmm. Relational data is incredibly complex. It becomes complex very, very quickly, right? Once you have a thousand people and then you think about the total number of relationships that can exist between a thousand people, and then you start thinking about, well, what's a relationship? I want that to be multidimensional. Um, it spirals up in complexity so, so quickly. And so it's very important to have a middle layer of analytics that helps reduce that complexity into a story and a narrative, um, into something that you can ask a good question of. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of that middle analytics layer. Um, In the Sandio platform, we work really hard to make that analytics layer um, as invisible as possible. You know, it's not, it's what we want to be running in the background, we want it to be solid, you know, best science, but it's not something we feel like most users want to interact with. Sure. Um, Yeah. They don't want complexity. They want to understand where the decision points are so they can in turn take action. So you Uh, do the heavy lifting so they can focus on the change that needs to take place. Absolutely. And, And that brings us to the third part, you know, the platform, which is what is it that users are actually interacting with and that front end? And, and I actually think that this is one of the places where it's most exciting for people analytics is, you know, as, as people analytics um, practitioners, you know, at the end of the day, we could build tools for ourselves. 
But we know that most of the time what we're charged with is built is is creating information and analytics that are being used not by analytics experts, but by your HR business partner, by your line leader, by your executive, by your employee. And so it's really important to think about how you design the front end so that when they touch those things, right, that it is something that provides immediate value to them. And that's its own art and science and something that we're really focused on. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the areas we're focused on. But what we want to do as a platform is bring that entire value chain to an organization so they can think carefully about what data they want to collect. You know, they can make sure that the analytics to, to decrease the complexity are solid, but that they can deliver something to your business that solves critical business needs and people love it. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. I, I just got back from uh, London uh, a few weeks ago and we talked about the evolution of our discipline and the fact that over the last several years, we've moved to productizing uh, certain elements of what we're delivering, as opposed to just being this research center that we're actually creating products to be consumed, not only by HR business partners, but by line managers and others. And that's what I hear you solving for. Is that? Absolutely. And I think this is where, um, as the space matures, you know, there are going to be really good and interesting build versus buy decisions inside of organizations. And I think we're seeing organizations struggle with that a little bit more, right? They get a people analytics team in place, and the people analytics team, you know, is very good for, for certain things, right? For answering very specific questions, very customized to the business. But, you know, it's a really good question about whether the organization wants to be investing in building their own network visualization front end optimized for their executive users. That's a really big lift mm-hmm. um, for any organization to do itself. And in some sense, it doesn't make sense for it, every organization to do that themselves, just like it doesn't make sense for every organization to build their own HR dashboarding business intelligent tool from scratch. Um, And that's where, you know, vendors uh, like Cindio can really step in and provide a lot of value is, you know, you don't have to think about that. We just have to give you the options necessary to customize it to what you want to do. And I often tell, you know, the way I think about this is, is that this is not a competing you know, we don't compete with people analytics teams. Um, I, I think that's a silly way to think about it. There are certain things that vendors, especially software service vendors like ourselves, will never be able to do. And that's answer questions that are so specific um, to your organizational process mm-hmm. that it has to be customized at that kind of analytical level. Yeah. Um, so people analytics team and the, the, amount of, the amount of value to be unleashed by a really good people analytics team and doing that is huge. What they shouldn't be doing is spending their time um, answering, you know, analytic based questions or creating analytics platforms that are general enough that it can be done for many organizations um, together. And that's what I think kind of relationship analytics as a platform can do. You know, we can provide the basic network understanding, the basic, you know, graph theory, the visualization, uh, that all organizations need, and then you can work to customize it in how you want to apply it in the business. Got it. So, so to, to encapsulate this, can you provide a, a use case or you know, where this was used effectively and uh, some meaningful change resulted on the back end? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, love talking about these types of cases and, and we're thinking about um, where, you know, which of these we want to really continue to build out, especially on the front end, because we're seeing our customers do the same thing over and over again, solving the same problems. So uh, one of them uh, that we've been working on uh, a lot is things in the um, learning and development space around coaching employees, coaching executives. So we see often where what people want to do is they want to, they have some transformation that they want, either in terms of learning and development program, or often it can even be big global meetings where they're bringing all these leaders together and they want to fundamentally rewire the firm. And so uh, we, and there are a few of them I can't talk about by name, but I can talk about generally, you know, so what they do is they use a relationship analytics platform to collect the data on how the network actually looks now. Then they do something really cool. They say, oh, okay, now we understand who's connected, who's not connected. And uh, we had one, uh, one customer, for example, who then sat back um, and with the executive team said, okay, what I want is when th these executives come to our big global meeting, we're going to give each of them a list of five to 10 people that we know they're not connected to that for strategic business, for the strategic um, initiatives in the firm need to be connected. And so the leaders come in to this week-long meeting they have a list and it says, please get to know these people. And then um, afterwards, they actually can, are able to measure, did those relationships get formed? Are these people communicating? Mm -hmm. um, did we actually have the desired effect? Um, so we're seeing that general use case happening over and over again, wow. you know, before and after. How can I actually measure it? How can I actually then decide where to put my effort in creating those those contacts. So that's one good example. That's a great example. And you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about you know, the employee survey world. I'm thinking about 360s. I'm thinking about you know, how these historical uh, activities have tried to solve for this, but haven't gone to the level that you're describing. So my question to you is, if there's a lot of opportunity or a lot of options out there, why should relationship analytics get prioritized as a critical element of your measurement and analytics strategy? Yeah. My first answer to this always is, the network relationships are how work gets done. And if you care about how work gets done in your organization, this is the correct level of analysis to be worried about. Uh, and the best way to do it is through relationship analytics. That's where we have strong theory, strong practice, um, strong understanding. And humans are, we're social creatures, right? So one thing I, I often like to say is you look, Humans, we're all amateur sociologists, <laughs> anthropologists, psychologists. Yeah. Some of us are just better at it than others. <laughs> and some of us have better tools, right? So we have people, you know people who are just really good at understanding relationships, building relationships, um, understanding the relationships of others. And that is a very powerful position to be in. It is what change leaders do. Mm -hmm. It's what people who energize organizations do. Um, it's what innovators do. And with relationship analytics, this is something you can measure inside of your organization. Yep. Um, one, and this brings me to a, another use case that I think is emerging for something like relationship analytics, and that's around performance management. So we're getting a lot of uh, interest and in customers who are coming to us and saying, we're no longer doing 
performance ratings. But we are not sure what to replace that with. We want to replace it with something. And if you think about what uh, a network survey is or a, a relationship analytics survey is, it's going out to people and asking, who is it that you rely on to get work done across multi-dimensions? It's basically like a light version of a 360-degree feedback tool given to everyone. And what, what emerges in this data very, very quickly is, well, who is it that more people are relying on? Who's at the center of collaboration? Who is it that peers are saying are important? And often these people are missed, mm -hmm. right? They may not be the best at managing up. They may not be the best at, you know, uh, singing their, their own praises. Mm -hmm. But if you ask people who makes your day-to-day -day work life better and you see this person have 20 people, 15 people saying it's that person, we help make sure that those people get recognized. Right. And that actually becomes very quickly a, a pretty valid performance management use case where, you know, you have what you know about their work product, but then you get this very good feedback about what peers are saying and not only what they're saying about the person, but you can then also distinguish people that are in particularly unique, strategically important places within the network, right? So that's, you know, we often, uh, we put out a retention impact score that is not only just, you know, how many people say you're important, but how unique you are to the organization. So if you get removed from the organization? Does that break um, important, unique connections within the organization? So those types, of, that type, those types of metrics um, become absolutely, I would say critical, but I think um, a really good place to look for the next generation of performance management tools. So what I hear you saying to summarize is you help identify the critical talent by asking people who they interact with. So the hubs of information, the hubs of energy. So, and if you lose that person, that retention score you speak of, you understand the potential repercussions in terms of lost productivity, innovation, all those things, obviously massively valuable. One of the things you're touching on as I'm listening to you is you are helping inform how work gets done currently and how work arguably should be done better moving forward. Oftentimes that's outside the domain of HR or the people analytics COE in general, although it's massively important. So my question then is who are your buyers? Who is going to take action and enable the insight that is generated? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say if you look at how the platform is running now, uh, one of the great things about it, and I think this is important for people, analytics people, um, to understand and think about is, you know, we're, we're getting the most traction um, at C-suite and senior level um, users, right? They're the ones who are seeing this overall picture of their organization, understand its context, and like you said, said step back and say, is this, as a leader, how I want my organization to look and be interacting? Mm. Um, in fact, I would say that that's the primary use case. So um, many of our customers you know, who come from the people analytics space are seeing this as the thing that is giving them true traction at the C-suite level. Because I'm telling you, CEOs, CIOs, uh, COOs, uh, senior level business leaders, they love looking at their network. Right, because they have this mental map of how their organization works that's very, very detailed, but it's by no means perfect. And they love being able to see this and say, oh, there's a disconnect 
you know, that I didn't see or, oh, yes, that really does tell me something that I've, I've thought, but I haven't been able to focus on, which is there is a big hole in that network or, wow, we really lost Julie and I know something's going on over there. And now I understand it's because we haven't replaced all those relationships when, when Julie left. So, so I would see, um, especially right now, especially for change management, organizational design, you know, real engagement at the executive level. Now we're working hard on increasing that engagement down the organization. So, uh, and that has to do with uh, taking complexity out of the system. But we also believe it is absolutely, and we do have people who use it for this, where managers can look at the networks for their teams Mm. and they can do really good employee career coaching. They can make really good choices about um, project teams, right? Not only do I need a project team with a certain set of skills, I may actually be super important that I put together a project team that has the right connections to the other part of the organization to get work done. Um, uh, Deborah Ancona's X-Teams, uh, you know, from, from MIT, is that's exactly what that's about, if you're familiar with that. Yep. And then we're also working hard on thinking, how is it that we can deliver value to the employee? Because an employee has a really strong stake in what does my network look like? How is it that I can improve that network? Uh, and the firm has a similar interest in in employees having robust networks, because that's what makes the organization more robust, more agile, uh, more able to uh, sustain exogenous shocks. So they want their employees to have as big and robust and valuable networks as possible. So it's, you know, working on creating views and use cases where everyone from employees all the way up to your CEO um, are using this framework to think about their work. Got it. And so I, just embedded within what you're sharing, it seems essential then that the CIO needs to be involved, the CHRO needs to be involved, the, the line leader needs to be involved. And so there's this embedded uh, collaboration or, or cross-functional governance that needs to take place if the value proposition is truly going to be realized. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I would say that's a fair statement. And I would go one step further in saying what we're seeing is that um, a platform like this is it's not only that they you have to be like whipping them to be involved or selling them hard to be involved. And we spend a lot of time in people analytics trying to get that type of visibility um, to the to the executives. But what we're seeing is that this relationship analytics framework is something that they are super engaged in. You show it to them once and they're like, yes, I want more of that. So uh, I'm really excited from a people analytics standpoint that I think you know, these types of relationship analytics can really help people analytics gain that critical buy-in, mm-hmm. not because they have to do a really good job selling it, but because the executives naturally gravitate toward it and they find it interesting and fascinating and useful right away. So, so yes, do we want them involved? The great thing is, is once we get into an organization, we find that they naturally become involved. And it has to, in some sense, um, one of the bigger problems, call it a bigger problem, is making a really careful decisions about who gets to see what. Mm-hmm. Because everyone wants to see everything. Yeah. And so, you know, in some sense, it's almost like 
you know, slapping hands a little bit and saying, okay, you can see your organization or this part of the organization. No, senior business, you know, senior, senior sales executive, you can't see everyone's relationships inside of the organization. That's not appropriate. Now, is this exclusively to full-time employees or does, can it go outside the organization, whether it be to uh, third-party outsource providers or consultants or potentially even customers and prospects, or is it exclusively internal? So for the moment, um, our customers have used it primarily internally. Now, they do make some decisions on whether they want contractors, whether they want to collect information about um, contractors or potentially consultants or that type of thing. All that can be included. The platform itself is truly agnostic. We have not yet had a case where we have two organizations come together and say, hey, we work together and we want to collect data about relationships across. However, that would be a really awesome, <laughs> that would be a really awesome use case. So are there any listeners out there <laughs> who are in that situation? Come talk to us because, you know, that would be wonderful. Um, you know, a good, a good friend of mine who um, is a professor at INSEAD in Singapore, Jason Davis, um, has made his career on studying networks across organizations, mm. um, specifically collaborative um, collaborative networks across organizations. So it's it's not just you know this ne- this organization has this connection to this other organization. It's this person in this organization is working to develop a product with this other person in that organization, and understanding how those relationships um, are driving business and innovation. Um, it, it's more and more how work is getting done. In our networked world, and so if you have a if you have a use case like that, come talk to me because we would be super excited. Fantastic, and that just uh, builds on Don Tapscott's notion that we're in the age of networked intelligence. That our ability to get things done is a function of how quickly and readily we can access good quality information and yeah. turn take action. So that's fantastic. So as we start to wrap up here, I mean, what's next for you and and Cindy? Yeah, well, what's what's next is we are always looking for partners out there who really want to explore what we can do with relationship analytics. Uh, we are going to be working very hard on uh, all three parts of our platform. One, increasing those, those kind of data sources that can come in um, outside of you know a, a relationship survey, looking for partners who are really interested in that. Uh, you know, we're always working on making bulletproof analytics in the middle. But I would say the other thing that we're we're really working on next is, you know, taking this complex information and creating better guided experiences for um, specific use cases. And we talked about a few, right? Um, there's another one that I just want to talk about briefly because I'm super excited about it. Please. And this is in the area of diversity and inclusion. Oh, right. Yeah. So if you if you think about diversity and inclusion. Um, something that we've done a lot of um, in the space is we're, we're pretty good at about asking people if they feel if they're included, right? So you take a survey and you understand whether different you know, types of people in the organization say they feel included, whether they feel heard and listened to, whether they're as engaged as others. Uh, and that's good. Like wonderful data, uh, how people feel is important. Uh, however, if you really want to measure inclusion, the best way to measure it, at least in my view, is people's networks, right? So if you want to understand, um, is your next generation of leadership going to be diverse? The best way to predict it is to look at the networks of 
the people one rung below that position. Yeah. So are your next VPs going to be diverse? Go and look at the networks of the directors. Who has the best networks? Who's in the center of that? They're going to be tend to be the ones that, A, you promote, that you know about, um, and have, frankly, the relationships that you want for the VP who's, who's going to be leading the level. And how do you know that, you know, your women, you know, your demographic minorities, whatever characteristics that you care about are truly being included, you measure it at the network. And I'll go one step further and say, the other thing that you want to measure is if you want to measure, if you want to understand how can I promote someone who's good at promoting diversity and inclusion, you go and you find the people that have demonstrated through peer feedback that they have created diverse networks. That they're actually already. practicing inclusion. They're actually practicing inclusion, right? So, and that is something with relationship analytics, you can directly measure. Wow, that's and, and so we're super, super excited about that. Um, uh, we have a white paper um, that is using this type of data to demonstrate that, that people can go look at the, uh, uh, on, the, on the website um, at Cindio. Um, I think it's, um, I think it's www.cindio, S-Y-N-D.io. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Um, and, and they can go and read that. But that's another, another place where we're looking very much to take something like the relationship analytics and then create specific analytics and a specific front end where you can go in and say, tell me about the strengths and weaknesses of diversity in my organization at every level. So those are the types of things that we're looking to develop um, over the next period of time. Um, and there are so many opportunities. Uh, you know, my biggest, uh, you know, my biggest call it challenge as a CEO is deciding the priority order. Um, in which to do those because, sure. you know, we want to be focused and we want to make sure we do everything with high quality. So, you know, if you see me out and about, come and talk to me about that because I really want to understand what's on your priority list because that's going to help us determine, you know, which of these, you know, which of these we're going to build, build out first and then we'll build as fast as we can. Right. Well, Ryan, thanks for sharing time. Super appreciate talking with you, your energy and knowledge are Fantastic. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best with India. Uh, thank you so much. And, you know, hopefully some people come visit here, visit us here in Santa Cruz and we can do this in person. Absolutely. All right. Take all right. care. Thanks. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.